This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. With me today, of course, is Hans, and Hans is trying his best to hide his tan. He was at the beach. He fell asleep at the beach, and he came in. And I'll tell you what, when he hopped on this call for the first time, I thought he had a filter on. I thought he had on like a little, uh, you know, contrast uh, uh, or something along those lines. No, no, no. He was just a little browner than usual. And now I see you've changed it slightly. What did you do, Hans, to hide your, your skin tone? The, the, the little bit of color that I finally got for the first time <laughs> since you've met me. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I went to the to the beach for, for a day on Saturday and uh, I fell asleep under the sun for about three hours at 1 p.m. So I'm uh, where my roles are not hiding them. I'm kind of a lobster-ish, which is pretty bad, uh, especially mm. because if I just move my arm, you can exactly see the line where my lack of melanin skin starts and where the redness now uh, was this a john leguizamo s choice where you were afraid you weren't going to get roles in hollywood yeah oh yeah i'm, I'm trying to to become like those characters in encanto have you seen have you guys seen that movie no, i don't watch animation? children's films what the hell's wrong with you <laughs> hey it's like coco but for girls oh, uh, they're great. all for girls that's the only people who show up for these movies hey listen we got austin wright on the show for the first time tonight austin how are you also you got to change as well this is the first time i've ever seen you with with facial hair whatsoever yeah yeah i'm rocking a five o'clock shadow um yeah no i'm doing well uh for for those who don't know you're an actor in the upcoming uh hit film i'm going to call it a hit film in advance mass state lottery how about that so that's, that's right yeah mass state lottery um you know everything's pretty tight-lipped about that so super tight-lipped um but you have a scene with uh with an actor who was recently announced in in uh you know, the past month, uh, Buddy Duress, which the three of us, not Hans, the three of us got to work with him uh, in Queens recently. And that was a, a blast. You guys both knocked it out of the park. I can't wait for people to see that, that, uh, you know, piece of, of film there. And uh, with us tonight as well is Dennis Hopper back from the grave. Unbelievable. The easy rider himself. How are you doing? That's right, man. That's right. I'm back. I'm back, man. We're going, we're, we're going back to the 60s tonight, man. Is that Jack Nicholson? I can't tell. I can't tell the difference, man. I can't tell. I can't tell. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? You want Jack, man? I can give you Jack. <laughs> Here's Dennis. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Dennis to me. Yeah. I mean, they have a kind of similar cadence, but Jack is just very drawn out. He's he's on downers. Dennis Hopper is more on uppers. So, Eddie. <laughs> Perfect. It's very good to have you back on the show tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about this film, Easy Rider. Easy Rider is a film from, from, from 1969. It's the beginning of the new Hollywood era, arguably. What, what is that also cited? Is the, the Warren Beatty film? What was it? Anybody know off the top oh, of their heads? Oh, it was um, it was the uh, it was uh, 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 it, it was Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. That's right. I thought you were going to say Bullworth there. Yank no, <laughs> I got a COVID brain. I got COVID brain. I had COVID, so I'm trying to. My fucking memory was wiped. COVID fog is what I got. How are you doing? Because I remember you said you said you were on death's door, and I expect you to pass away any day. Yeah, it was fucked up. Is it I'm is back. it fair to call it is it fair to call it uh, COVID fog and not just years of alcoholism and weed? <laughs> it's, uh, mm, that is a good call, but 
but it was exacerbated by the the COVID. Mm. <clears throat> there was like a before COVID and an after COVID. But so you know, I, and, and so I got it pretty hard. I got rocked. Did you get that? Did you get the Omni or did you get the what are they calling it now? The Scout. <laughs> you got the Omni. Just like that, the Jamie Fox movie, wasn't it? <clears throat> oh yeah, no. Six? Damn, I'm, you're I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor, but my friend, uh, my colleague I work with, he had it um, like in 2020 or a beginning of 2021. And everything that he said that he had, I had. And and that was before the vax was even, was even out, I think. Or no, maybe he had been vaxxed by then. No, he hadn't. He got, he got vaxxed after he had it because he said he had such a, a – bad experience and but but i was vaccinated and masked and i was also eating like the cbd weed i was eating the vitamins the international units of vitamin d taking vitamin c and i still got rocked and then this girl that that i work with as well she got it the same time i did and she got rocked and she was vaxxed and boosted and we were all wearing masks so it's like i don't think I think you either your your immune system can handle it because I was around people who were testing positive and I didn't test positive, and I think your body can handle it, like it fights it off until you have just like a few days of just not sleeping well, not taking care of yourself, and then you get exposed to it and then it, it gets you. You know what's really All ironic right. is the day before you got COVID. You were telling because we were hanging out in the elevator. You're like, yeah, everybody on the set got COVID. I think I'm just like immune to COVID. I don't think I'm getting COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so uh, this is movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. I'm going to have to cut those 15 minutes. Uh, otherwise, we're going to have our YouTube channel banned from. Oh, right. Yeah. You can't say the C word or something. No. You can't do it. You can't do that. I, 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 they have specific rules now. And one of them, I didn't even know this. One of them is that they have clubs that encourage people to get it. Bug catch. They'll have parties. Nice. Bug catchers. And they have parties so that you can get it so that your immune system will fight it off, which you shouldn't do. That's retarded to have a party like that. That's a terrible party. <laughs> terrible. Austin, you're you're out in California. How how has that been? I mean, every every podcast is talking about COVID. Every, nobody really wants to know about COVID, but you survived right. COVID, Anthony. Austin, you're in California. I can't imagine that's a much better situation than here in New York, as far as all that shit goes. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of strange. Everything's just a bit slow. Um, I mean, I haven't really been going out much because it's like. You know, there's not not a whole lot to do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, it's nice here. The weather's good. Yeah, it's been miserable here. We got a fucking blizzard. I'm I'm freezing my ass off. Hans, you ever uh, yeah survive a blizzard? Yeah, yeah. When I lived in Canada, it's nice. I I enjoy the snow, but mostly because most of my life I've just been sweaty. You know, a little bit of cold. It's not bad. That might have to do with weight. I ever think of that? (laughs) All right. Let's Let's talk about weather. It's weather. (laughs) Let's talk about let's talk about this movie and Dennis Hopper's career because I'm a big fan of Dennis Hopper. Now, Austin, you selected this movie um, specifically. Was there any reason why uh, you feel like Easy Rider held some importance in your head when when you were thinking over what you wanted to discuss for the show? Yeah, well, I mean, it was really 
there was like a couple like early Jack Nicholson films uh, that I hadn't seen yet. And uh, it's like, Oh, well, easy rider. I want to watch that. And then, you know, it'd probably be good to talk about, um, you know, I mean, Jack had, I guess some roles like prior to that, but this, this one, I, I think it's somehow kind of marked, like, I don't know if it necessarily like a shift, but um, it, he got a lot of attention for it. And so I thought that was cool. I didn't realize his role was so small though. No, neither did I. When I, when I checked this movie out uh, back in, it might've been very early 2020. Like I had this impression of what easy rider was because they took this movie and they absorbed it into like advertising and it became like the idea of what boomer culture is uh, to a degree, even now, where it's like, you're gonna have Peter Fonda at age 60 on a motorcycle for cellular wireless or so- something really horrible and cringe like that. That was my impression of easy rider. And then you watch the film and you realize, Oh no, this is actually a great piece of filmmaking um, that is kind of making an interesting statement. And then you look into the history of it and it was the beginning of the new Hollywood era and just bulldozed everything that had uh, come before it really. Now with Jack Nicholson, he had been uh, kind of like a B movie actor. I know he was in little shop of horrors. He was doing uh, little bit parts. And this is the first movie where I think maybe he just surrounds himself with the right people. Uh, I think he was also working with Bob Rafelson around this time, who I, I think he might've directed head. Uh, he directed King of Marvin gardens. That's a really good one. Five easy pieces. Yeah, it's part of the the whole BBS uh, era, which was a small production company that made these kind of personal, intimate films during the 1970s. So this was a this was really the first movie where Jack Nicholson is a shade of the Jack Nicholson we know today, where he's developed somewhat of a character and he's inhibiting uh, that in the the lawyer uh, whose name is escaping me at the moment. Do you, any of you guys remember his character's name in this film? George, George Hansen. George, George <laughs> yeah. Hansen, yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's what I was about. That's what I was about to ask. Like, because um, I feel like this is the first time that I see him, or at least the earliest movie where you see the Jack Nicholson that you're learned to enjoy further in his career. Like you said, like he didn't really have many big roles, and I don't think this was a big role either. But you can see that he had that freedom that maybe he didn't have before to be more of that. Uh, uh, maybe not stereotype, but like that type of actor that he becomes later because you, you see that he's having fun with this character. Uh, he's being a little bit wacky, a little bit goofy, not very serious with it. So I was wondering, uh, just because I'm, I got, I'm not really uh, familiar with his early career, but it's just the first time where you see him like come out of his box a little bit and become more of like a, have a little bit more room, I guess, to play with the character. I think so. I, I, you know, what's interesting about Jack Nicholson is if you delve into a lot of the actors of that time period, um, he kind of picks up aspects of their personality and builds his own out of that. Like, we we're talking about, you know, Dennis Hopper. I was making a joke about Anthony's impression here, but he actually does have a very similar cadence to Dennis Hopper, just at a different speed. And if you watch a movie like Last Tango in Paris, you can see he's kind of borrowing things from uh, like a later life Marlon Brando uh, and putting that into his, his like character that he's going to bring to every film. So with Easy Rider, yeah, I do think that this is probably the first instance of that. Um, there might be one or two that precede it, uh, but this was definitely considered like a breakout performance. I'm pretty sure he got nominated for Best Supporting Actor Academy Award. 
Yeah, he was um, he was in these movies, these like B movies of like uh, Hell's Angels, and then there's another one where he's like in a band, and then he wrote Head. But I saw, I watched those. Did you ever see those movies, Hell's Angels? And um, no, no, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. those. <clears throat> Head is probably is the you... only BBS movie I have not seen. Actually, <clears throat> yeah, I, hadn't, I haven't seen that either. And but he wrote that Nicholson. Well, he tried the... to. He, he attempted to direct a film called Drive, he said, um, mm-hmm. not long after that. I don't know if you've ever, <laughs> ever seen that movie, but it's kind of a disaster. I mean, it's not like, in a, like over the top, wow, so, so bad, unbelievably bad. Movie. It's just kind of dull and uh, stagnant to a degree where it just weighs everything about it down. Um, so it, it doesn't seem like, I mean, maybe, maybe there's something that I'm missing here, but uh, it doesn't seem like he was particularly skilled as far as behind the camera went necessarily um well although, he started an animator right? he was like doing panel doing panel uh drawings like on the studio on the studio studio lot like in the 60s i had no idea uh, and he trained with he trained with martin landau at the actor studio west and and so in these movies that he's those early movies you're talking about he starts to be like yeah like the shooting he was in a western which, which I, i've seen that one and then he was in these, he was in these really tiny movies, but he's doing this sort of, like you were talking about Brando, like he's, he's doing it even more back then, which is more of just like really soft spoken. But then as when you get to Easy Rider, um, Dennis Hopper and Jack Nicholson are both pretty are unhinged. And I wonder if that was a choice because of Peter Fonda's kind of straight man to the whole thing. <clears throat> they were just like, we need, we need to play just, and they're smoking and and you know they're doing coke and whatever and they're just kind of like letting letting each other be high i'm sure that was all at least partly like fueled by drugs or something oh hell yeah of course with dennis hopper especially (laughs) yeah Yeah. um just ride for hours and listen to music somewhere i I like i like that they're smoking joints and they're like yo man you ever want to be somebody else? And the guy's like, <laughs> maybe fucking Porky Pig, man. And they're like, fuck, bro, that's fucking profound. You know, it's like, what is this fucking cringe boomer shit? What are you talking about? Porky Pig, what are you talking about? Wait, was, was that from Easy Rider or was that from the last yeah. movie? That was from um, Easy Rider. Oh, that's no, like that's in the first five minutes, of Easy Rider. No, because no, it's uh, it wasn't Porky Pig and. Uh, was it? The last movie it was Elmer Fudd. Yeah. Like Dennis Hoffman does like an Elmer Fudd impersonation. Have you guys uh, seen the the last movie? The last movie was Dennis Hopper's yeah. follow up to Easy Rider. I own it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I bought that. Yeah, that was. Uh, have you seen it, Ralph? Well, yeah. Yeah. Austin? Have you guys oh, seen yeah. it? Have you guys it seen is it? killer. Oz, you haven't watched it. It's, no. It's insane. I, I don't think you would like it's, it. It's an insane movie. I don't think anybody. <laughs> I was like, hmm. Well, I mean, all right. But like, uh, Hans, uh, Laura was telling me that you were a big fan of Yodorowsky. Uh, I like some of his stuff. Yeah, I like how wild he gets with his concepts and with his ideas, and the fact that he's just able to <laughs> put that on film. I, I, I enjoy. I don't know how uh, how much of a fan I am, but uh, I, I do like his. Uh, the fact that he's so poetic about everything and that everything ha- kind of has like two or three meanings or whatever you're watching. Uh, so it's, it's very, uh, 
And I hate using this term, but very Lynchian in that way where you have to watch it more than once to kind of get it. But then I, I feel like most people pretend to get it more than they actually get it. I don't know if I get it, but yeah. I, I, I enjoyed his, you know, wackiness. Because uh, the last movie was like heavily influenced by uh, Yodorovsky and... Yeah, I mean, it definitely shows up in it. It's just kind of cool. Yeah, it definitely has that vibe about it. And he does something with the last movie that I don't think was, I mean, ever done at that point anyway, which is he kind of breaks the fourth wall at the the end of the film by, like, including, like, a blooper, essentially, in the movie of him looking at the camera and being wacky Dennis Hopper or whatever. Um, I, I really like that aspect of it uh, too, even if it's just a little quick thing. He's such an interesting filmmaker, uh, Dennis Hopper. And I, I don't think he's often, uh, you know, discussed for his directing so much as he is his acting. Cause he's got such a, like a cartoonish character down um, that, you know, just kept him in advertisements, busy getting bit parts in movies like land of the dead. And, you know, piece of shit movies in the aughts you know toward the end of his career but if you check out the last movie if you check out into the blue into the blue is one that just got restored recently that that should be dropping hopefully soon on like streaming and everything else that's a really interesting film he took over for somebody else because the director just was a mess and then shaped (laughs) it in his vision like it becomes a completely different film in the third act because of dennis hopper um and also his most um mainstream movie is probably colors if you guys have ever seen that with uh, oh yeah sean penn and uh robert duvall, duvall. Yeah. yeah that one's not bad it's not my favorite it's but it, it's yeah, yeah it's 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 a pretty solid flick and then he does for a, couple a straight of, movie yeah yeah for sure for for, for dennis <laughs> to go from the last movie to that it's a pretty fucking impressive thing but i think i think all you need to do is watch this movie easy rider <clears throat> I think this is his best movie. I think this is his, this is, <clears throat> it's, it's deceptive. And I don't know about the content. I don't know if the, if the content in itself is <clears throat> cringe on purpose, or if it's something like girls where it's like Lena Dunham is purposely, you know, purposely writing these, you know, these characters, if Dennis Hopper and, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, is purposely like writing these characters to be obnoxious and cringe and, and, and really, I think that there is some of that in there though, because there's that, there's that farming scene and he's just like, Hey, what the fuck are you doing, man? There's nothing here. It's an, it's arid land. It's, a, it's land obviously for livestock and they're trying to grow crops and they're like, um, no, nah, dude, they're going to make it. They're going to make it. And you think and, there was that, that self-awareness at that time though? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just if it's just a, a thing of you know uh, there wasn't mm-hmm. anything like this and now it seems kind of cringe because of all the content that we've consumed since this movie came out. But I don't yeah, know something no, but at, like yeah. sixty nine would be that self aware. Well, this is the thing, right? Because like we're we're taught now when people talk about when Jack is talking to them in the bar later, like where they're talking about um, you know you could be killed, man, if you're a minority. And he were he's like a lawyer for the ACLU. So like all ACLU now is much different, right? Yeah. And like and when <laughs> no, they talk about it. when they talk about like racial violence now, it's we all know inherently it's it's exaggerated to say the least. It's not like it was then, but now that I'm watching that movie, and this is why this is why people shouldn't use that rhetoric now. Like if it's not that bad, you shouldn't be trying to like 
stoke it like it is because now I look back and I'm like, well, was it ever really like that? Or were they just fucking full of shit back then too? Is this just like this lib brain shit that's just This is a slippery slope, existing. Anthony. You're going to start talking about the saying. Holocaust and numbers. No, we no, can't no, get no, into no. that. But, but I'm, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, it's like, well, what is, when you, when you cry wolf, when it was really bad back then. Um, but oh, I don't know really Hans, in terms million, of what you're saying. <laughs> no, that's yeah. fucked up. No, but, wait, no, but what, you're saying, what you're saying too is like, I don't know if they had that self-awareness. Yeah. to be like making fun of it but it does seem like 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 those hippies are just using like they're farming in the desert like there's nothing well, i mean he really did something pretty clever there because before they came on to the hippie commune they stopped at that other like farm house place right mm-hmm. that was like the the married the married couple and their family mm-hmm. and like they were living off the land like they were very capable people I mean, it looked like, you know, they came in, like they had food to food to share. Um, and then after that, it's kind of contrasted with like showing up at the hippies place. And it's like, yeah, it seems like they're having more fun, but, you know, they're up shit creek. Yeah. By yeah. the way, uh, not related, but just on, on a note that you touched on anything. You guys excited about Lena Dunham's return to filmmaking? No, I don't. I no? Don't you don't. You're not. A, you're not a fan. I respect Lena Dunham. I respect what she what she did uh, with girls and stuff, and I and, and her early movies. I, I mean, I, I generally stay away from like women filmmakers. I just <laughs> I, and, were you an extra? Being, were you an extra on Girl Anthony? Is that what happened? No, <laughs> an extra on that episode no. where the that girl got her asshole eaten. That's Brian Williams' daughter, news anchor Brian, recently retired Brian Williams. I, I could have been, I could have been on that, but uh, but I wasn't. Uh, no, I wasn't doing extra work back. So. I really enjoyed Girls, and I'll tell what you is what. What she doing? What she? Well, what? she just did a film that premiered at uh, Sundance called Sharp Stick with John Bernthal and somebody else is in it oh, as well. That guy sucks. And uh, I don't mind John. <laughs> Bernthal. You, you don't. You don't like John? Bernthal? What's your problem with John Bernthal? You know he's um, um, he's just in everything. He's always like, he's always like, uh, like playing retarded. Yeah, even well, when he's playing Punisher, he's like retarded Punisher. The thing with John Bernthal that I can't unnotice now is he will take on the um, like Robert De Niro nineteen seventies nineteen eighties kind of persona when he tough guys it up. <laughs> You can oh, yeah. once you notice that with Punisher or really any of the films that where he's like a heavy Wolf of Wall Street's another one, uh, you can't unsee it. Kind of uh, you know just leaves a mark on the per- performance. <clears throat> but yeah, no, she she had a film debut at uh, Sundance, and I was kind of intrigued to check it out. But now I'm hearing really negative things about. It. I'm hearing it's a big old dump. From what is it about a stinky a stinky girl? That's kind of mean. <laughs> i think that's a recurring theme as a motif to be found in all of her work um you know i wasn't a big fan of tiny furniture though even though it was like the the first movie that was that got like nationwide attention that was shot with a dslr camera shot with like a canon 70d um yeah. criterion collection immediately threw it in and i think that's what elevated her to the status that you know she became um you know uh, stuck at for a while when when she got her deal with HBO, started working with Judd Apatow. That's a dude who loves to find 20, 25 year old female comedians and just cozy up to them. 
he seems to swap them out every five years or so. Is Amy Schumer, and they're all like gross looking. Amy Schumer, <laughs> Lena Dunham. He's you know, an orbiter. A, yeah, and he, he he wants to attach himself to. I mean, hey, you know, I it's I think it doesn't like uh, people on the other side do that too, like Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel, Peter Thiel's kind of cooler than than um, people like a Judd Apatow or something because Peter Thiel's kind of mysterious. I like yes. that, but Judd Apatow is so fucking lame that it's like, man. But Have if he's gonna if, red scares yet. Yeah. Just Judd Apatow's a guest in Red Scare. <laughs> once you know, once Judd Apatow goes on Red yeah. Scare, you're like, okay, all right. They've gone mainstream. They've jumped the shark. But this movie is like um the 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 he, I like his the what we were talking about earlier, like how I think like this movie's great, um, easy rider to just look at how he was such a beautiful photographer and the mm-hmm. editing and transitions and hard cuts in this are incredible like every shot you know if i I was watching it earlier just now but with the volume very low and just watching it was beautiful um he'll go from like a water scene and all of a sudden you're like with these lilies and then you follow the lilies and now you're at peter fonda's hand and it goes up to him and he's and it's just this profile of him like and uh just shot after shot and the way he'll go like jump or then they'll say we have to go boom and they're gone. You know, like I yeah. really like his visual uh, like aesthetic and his, his sense of um, movement with the camera and, and he really makes the camera a character. Well, it's, it's a movie that you like the type of filmmaking that you don't really see today. Right. Uh, because there's yeah. a lot of music involved into what happens and there's not really that much story. It's a lot of very cinematic shots. Uh, and uh I don't know about you guys, but there's movies like this one that made me f- want to have lived those years of just like a very simple, you know, you know what? I'm going to take a motorcycle fucking drive for a month with my body and fuck it. Like, who cares? I can just do that. Uh, and uh, a lot of the movie feels like that, where it's just like, it's just a couple of guys that are going on a road trip and see what they can find in, in America in the 70s, uh, which made me really jealous not living in that time because that just seems like a lot of fun. You know, you're just like... Cause you, you barely right. survived a nap at the beach. You want to go on a motorcycle ride for a month? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's wearing helmets. Like, there's no safety at all. Everything is just very free, very like, you know what? If Oh, our, friends, our friend just got fucking killed with a, with a, a couple of sticks just uh, <laughs> beaten up until he died and... You know what? Fuck it. We'll you know just what? continue riding on our thing. Sounds great. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's something that completely caught me off guard with this movie uh, is just how brutal it is to the characters, which is, of course, right in line with everything that would be associated with the 1970s, which is, you know, it, it's frequently your main character is going to have his face blown up in like the last two minutes of the movie. And then we're going to get to a letterbox uh, establishing shot and then we're out. Roll credits. Well, that's it, it. That's it's a lot of like that happened yeah move on you know like no one really cares the only much. person like... who who does that now where there's not like a sentimentality necessarily for the characters after they get killed uh that i've noted anyway is quentin tarantino where you watch his films and maybe you're with the christoph waltz character in django and then once he dies we can't slow down we have other shit to do even though it's been kind of his movie the entire time no 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 
we got to get to the end. We, we, you know, we're running out of time here. So they're just dispatched. <laughs> it, it, like, it, it doesn't think, matter. Yeah. Really you think that's because of, do you think that's because of how much he steals from old movies that he kind of like got that out of? Maybe that it could be. I mean, it, I mean, it absolutely it, could be. You know, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, but this is the problem with every fucking movie that comes out. I mean, you could say it starts with Tarantino, but it's also David Fincher. It's also every fucking filmmaker until now and on into the future is that nobody is commenting on what is happening now. Everyone's just stealing from what happened then. Like if you couldn't even make an easy rider now, if you did, it would have to take place back then. And you would be following the hell's angels because those are the equivalent to Trump supporters and the Trump supporters are like the countercultural now. And so that's kind of what you would have to do is place it back then. You know what I'm saying? When you say that tiny furniture is the modern easy rider, (laughs) <laughs> yeah there's uh yeah yeah and yeah it is it is just it is it is the roll, modern you just fatly roll from your bedroom to the bathroom you complain about your boyfriend that works at a cafe who, you know yeah, it's not making yeah. enough tips mm. you're just and a stinky it's... woman in new york with money yeah and now it's uh now it's the scary of 61st and then it's whatever the next young girl comes out with i just no i spent are, no young men are dollars making these like on that crazy fucking movies either on that scary 61st Blu-ray, which is gorgeous. Jack beat me to it. Jack the person. Did you really? Wow. Yes. Yeah, I did it. I, I was enamored with just the packaging of it. I had to do it. Yeah, it's nice. Anytime that there's like a limited edition run of these boutique Blu-ray, Brown Bunny is another one. I was going to ask actually only a second ago, Austin, have you ever seen the Brown Bunny, Vince, Vincent Gallo's um, film? No, it's been on my list for a minute, though. It's kind of uh, got a similar vibe to this in a way, but it's just him on the road um, going from New Hampshire to, I believe, California. Um, And you have some, you know, motorbike sequences and whatnot. It's got a very easy rider vibe to it. It looks like a film from this era. And then it's high contrast, uh, maybe 16 millimeter grain. And um, it's much more stripped down, I'll say, than than easy rider is uh, for certain. Much more minimalist. But it is a, a very solid flick. But we wax poetic about Vincent Gallo way too much on this Love. show. We got to retire for 2022. But Easy Rider is... blowjobby, too. Yeah, oh, yeah well, yeah, there's that as well. There's a blowjob at the end of it. Unsimulated oral sex at the end of the film. Like Easy Easy Rider and all those movies you're talking about where like the characters got to like get shot in the face is like... those That was happening because of Vietnam, right? And also because of like civil rights movement and all this shit. So it's like that that has to that has to happen at the end because that's their that's their commentary on what was going on. But they right. felt it's was like going they're on. the three bloods uh, when uh, the when five bloods actually. The, sorry, whatever. Three lived. Five of them. <laughs> a couple of them got blown up. Uh, yeah. the, <laughs> you know when uh, Spike Lee threw a bunch of Black Lives Matter in there. Like that's. Mm-hmm, the same kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Right. That's the, that's the, yeah, that's the modern equivalent. But, but that's what I'm, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like a LARP now. Yeah. But back then it was like, you know, the, 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 the you, you, like, you don't see Lena Dunham or anybody commenting on the Iraq war now. I would love that. I would love to go to the movie theater and hear Lena Dunham comment on the Iraq war. God. No, now it's, now it's like uh, Epstein or, or 
you know. Lena yeah. Dunham in an Adam McKay movie commenting about Iraq. Oh, fuck. No, that yeah. is going to happen. They're trying, <laughs> look, they're trying to bring back all those 2011 people. They did it last year. You know, there was Tyler, the creator. There was, uh, who else? Bo Burnham. And they all come back and they don't deliver the same way that they did back then. And then this year, it's Lena Dunham, Joss Whedon. For whatever reason, there's some. Joss Whedon? Yeah, they're trying to bring back Joss Whedon. Um, he know, he had some didn't really make him look good. Well, he all. fucked it up. He, they they yeah. served him a, a gateway back to the industry on a silver platter. They said, so, you know, people have said all this stuff about your time on the Justice League movie. And what was his excuse? He said, you know, when I was a child, you know, there was a boy who went missing. And then I remember yeah. later in life, I led that boy to a well and they found the boy in the well and he just <laughs> fell in. And I always carried that with me. <laughs> For, for oh, all my days because all right so you're saying gums started growing and you you killed a child a and that's why your superhero movie was bad that's your that's your way back into hollywood oh thanks joss so anyway i'm glad he's he's stuck on the outs i'm sure they're only doing that because disney wants to bring him back into the fold or something but anyway let's i mean who who do we got? Who do we got? This the modern Dennis Hopper. Is it really just Dasha from Red no. Scare? Anthony? Yeah, it's so sad. It it's so sad that you don't really get a because he would get canceled, right? Like he's um he's cocaine filled. Uh, you know, he's uh, doing Apocalypse Now. Is it where he went into the jungle for like ten days and then he came back and he's like, I'm still here. You know, after survivor for 10 days in the jungle so i feel like that type of like wild artist you you can't really have that nowadays because people will complain and uh at the end of the day the genius that comes out of whatever that crazy brain uh wouldn't be as appreciated just because of the backlash you would get here's the thing with that Uh, a lot of people want to be that guy but the people who want to be that guy are like jared leto you know they're just like wealthy affluent kids with no real what's life experience the guy with what's the guy with rainbow hair the son of uh uh what's his name uh that guy that was on on uh, uh best of the worst that his episode was banned because he was abusing women or whatever what's his oh, name oh max landis yes oh, yeah. That, yeah 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 wow. he's like someone that i feel like tried to do that thing but it's kind of like you, you can't really be like a wild weirdo now anymore he's also well, not that talented either so well dennis hopper started with you know he was in giant and rebel without a cause and he was like he was like a young he was a young actor he didn't get crazy until six like till the until this movie you're right and, yeah and so he built up a lot of cred like he worked with george stevens nicholas ray and in fact his aesthetic kind of like his when he's filming just calm talky scenes and stuff reminds me of like nicholas ray sort of blocking um because nicholas ray was kind of like a radical for his time and um but 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 hopper built up that credit so that by the time you're into this counterculture thing they're like oh it's dennis you know and oh you know and there's jack because jack works on a lot too for warner brothers and so it's it was, and then Peter Fonda, of course, he's from the, like the Hollywood royalty. So yeah. it's like, you know, that's a good point. It kind of thing. dismantles my entire argument that Jared Leto is illegitimate because <laughs> he wants a cult and lives in the desert. Um, no, but, no, 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 no. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Because because Jared Leto's thing is 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 based on like strict materialism. True. And, and that movement was was anti-material. And in, in a sense, it was like. 
it, it, you know, it's presented as such. It's like they're, it's stripped down. It's outside. It's he's using literal like mirror reflectors mm-hmm. outside in that desert scene. Like there's a tracking shot when he walks away, you know, he tries to go chase that girl and they block his path and he goes back and then they start picking his hair and like, and he's like, Ugh! they start freaking with him. The, the, the gorilla theater people. And um, when he's walking back, you see it's like a mirror or it's like a, you know, it's really like film school shit. You see it like tracking him, the light. And, um, but that was the aesthetic. That was like the sort of ethos behind that, that like, filmmaking thing where someone like jared leto it's like yeah but it's directed by um you know uh fucking uh, yeah david ayer david ayer and it's rick rubin and it's fucking it's like all these these aren't counterculture people these are totally corporatized establishment like harvey weinstein yeah yeah, I mean Dennis Hopper, like he he didn't wake up one day and say, you know, I'm going to act crazy or I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you know, I mean, he was definitely plugged into something, and you know, okay, like how consciously was was he or not? And I mean, going back to an earlier statement too, <clears throat> yeah, maybe someone like that today might be canceled, but <clears throat> sorry. I don't, I don't think that that means necessarily that people don't want that or rather in, in another sense, kind of people really sort of need someone like that. I mean, they're, they're like who, who, like we said, like there's no one in Hollywood like Dennis Hopper right now. Yeah. Do you guys, are you familiar with um, his relation with James Dean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I am. So the interesting thing about that is uh, he worked with James Dean, I think, what was it on Giant maybe? And, and, and um, without a cause. Yeah, two, two, twos and two projects. So he was Wait, a. Did, I don't think did he. I don't think he met him on Rebel. Yeah, he did. They hung out. That's where they first met. It wasn't on, on Giant. They hung out then too. Okay. Okay. So the the whole thing with that was he felt very close to James Dean. He admired him, and then when James Dean died, he felt like somehow he was supposed to die. He, he was very yeah. remorseful about James Dean, and he was like he I or he like felt like he had to embody the James Dean spirit. And, yes. and bring that with him along the way. So you have that, you have the, the drug use and the sort of rejection of what was the popular culture at that time that create this, this, I mean, you take a look at a picture of Dennis Hopper from the fifties, very fresh faced young boy. Mm-hmm. And then compare that to 1969 Dennis Hopper, which is just Anthony here. And it's a very different yeah. <laughs> man. You could blame James <laughs> Dean for, for Dennis Hopper because he smoked him out. Mm-hmm. He gave he smoked he gave him his first joint. Ah, it's James very was hanging out. it's very Seth Rogen and Kevin Smith. Two thousand six. <laughs> yes. yeah. yes. Well, because James Dean was about- smoking weed and hanging out in in jazz clubs in New York and shit, and being all gay and smoking weed and doing blood, you know. And he brought this kind of like thing to Hollywood, but because back then Hollywood was very like people did their Big shit, Martin. but it was it was yeah, it was, yeah, it, was yeah. it was in the it was in the hills and it was kind of private. But he's hanging well, out with Dennis, and they're smoking weed, and and Nicholas Ray's raping Natalie. What's her name? <clears throat> Wood. Even in Revel without a cause, uh, Dennis Hopper is very clean cut. Like he's very happy days. Oh looking. yeah. Uh, so so you don't expect him to be like that hippie, you know, long hair, beard, very whatever, free spirit. When you see that movie. 
Uh, but I was watching, uh, what's that documentary called that I told you? Uh, uh, Not an Easy Writer or something like that. It's called uh, Uneasy Writer documentary <laughs> about Dennis Hopper's life, okay. uh, where, he, where he talks about how, you know, he kind of wanted to be James Dean at a point or like just fed off his energy, just being like, okay, so this is the cool guy that I, I'm going to feed off of and I kind of want to be, you know, who, who that is. But he's very clean cut, very young looking in that movie. Yeah. That was like one of the stories was like Dennis Hopper was like up and coming mm-hmm. and then, like he showed up on set and like no one was like talking to him because everyone was like gathered around James Dean and he's like you know what the fuck's going on here like where's my where's my posse where's my entourage and everyone's like oh no we're, we're, everyone's going to see James Dean and like see what he's doing. What was it with the culture of James Dean? I watched a movie kind of recently with Richard Thomas and Dennis Christopher where I, I it's it, the title of the movie is the date of James Dean's death and it's literally just about this dude uh Richard Thomas from the Waltons John Boy who is so traumatized by James Dean's passing that he tries to do a seance he starts acting like a weirdo uh he dresses up like James Dean he accidentally burns a girl to almost death and then I, it's such a weird movie Hans can we look this up real quick Let's What's get this screen share going. James uh, Dean had like very like dark energy. It's um he just he just had this like real taunted energy to him that no one possessed that he, he possessed naturally from being uh you know his mother dying when he was eight and then him living with his aunt and uncle out in this like like farm thing and he had he and his mother was very doting on him and so he kind of like had he wants to be an actor very young he he gets involved with this like hall is a producer um tv producers guy and he's like kind of his his uh his his uh boyfriend and he gets some jobs like um on tv shows and stuff gets some auditions and then he's he's got this sort of like i read a lot of biographies about james dean about how he, he would he was just kind of like a power bottom you know, he was like a real power bottom guy. He liked to like, like get fucked in the in the hallway of like apartment buildings while he's getting like cigarettes put on him and shit. <laughs> like, just there's there's those kind of stories about him. So it's like, and he looked so cool. It's like Paul Newman, Steve McQueen, all those guys rolled into one. And and and, and then he's also like gay, right? And it's like, um, it's something that I I don't know. I, I, because again like gay guys and old hollywood was kind of like rock hudson and here's james dean who's just like nah dude i'm I'm cool like you know you're fucking you you know you you know rock hudson's like passing out um in drag with like lipstick smeared on him like in 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 his apartment like with his with his with his friends and james dean's a little bit more out with it but he's cool again he comes from new york so he's like friends with all of these <clears throat> kind of weirdos and he brings that energy out to hollywood and he looks all haunted and cool he's racing cars and motorcycles it's what everybody i don't know uh marlon brando in the meantime gave off that energy but he was much more of like he was just a straight pussy hound and had no desire to be friends with any of those people you know he do you do you believe the stories that marlon brando uh was uh was sucking and fucking richard pryor (laughs) richard pryor (laughs) Pryor. 
<laughs> it's the word on the street. That's what people say. <laughs> I mean, he he. I I mean, he he taught tell stories about um, fucking chicks with uh, Quincy Jones up in Harlem. I believe it. I completely yeah. believe it. Well, they were. I mean, uh, the, I heard a story that they had a th- James Dean, Marlon Brando, and Eartha Kitt uh, had an MFM once upon wow. a time. Wow. So. I, I, I don't. I don't think uh, James Dean had sex with women. I well, think he was straight gay, and I think Marlon Brando wasn't gay, but he was like he probably got it. No, I think he probably just probably let Tennessee Williams or something suck his dick just to get that. Yeah, I think he did something like that. I mean, he's fucking, he's whatever. Like, what That's the- what they say about uh, Desi Arnaz. Desi Arnaz of yeah. I Love Lucy let Cesar Romero suck him off in, in a dressing room once upon a time. Because he said, "Wooden hey, Neil, he's the Joker." <laughs> well, yeah, you know, like your dick. <laughs> he went Joker mode on your dick. He went Joker mode on Desi Arnaz. <laughs> Is this, is this bourbon? I think so. I think this is it. From the director of the... This is a very obscure movie. Urban Cowboy. And bright urban. Lights oh, Urban Cowboy. ...passionate and explosive story about a misunderstood youth who's devastated by his... Wait, that's, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Richard Thomas. That's, yeah. That's from It, from, uh, The Waltons. Terrible. And soon... His hero becomes his obsession. Jimmy, if you're with us, give us a sign now. Wow. Whoa. Ah, so wasn't that you at the park when we were shooting Mass State Lottery? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just being a little vampire at the park. How embarrassing. Tom Hulse. Tom Oh, yeah, Dennis Quaid was in this movie. On video cassette. Um, video because they also made they also made a um there's also a play called like like meet me at the five and dime jimmy dean jimmy dean you ever heard of that play and then they no. made a movie out of that no. it's like like Wait, what, what, like i've never seen a james dean movie uh was he a good actor or was he just cool for the time because i feel mm-hmm. like a lot of the narrative behind it is like well he was cool and he was handsome and he has like swoopy hair and that's pretty much it but was he like an actual actor he was he was was super serious he was he was magic and anybody who's a great actor like that anybody who's a great uh anything like that but we're talking about acting anybody who is like that is magic they have something there's they just have something that you will never get (laughs) that you've never had and it's 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 not learned. It is just, it's just natural. Yeah. So it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to have to disagree with that though. Like he worked like really hard, like to develop. Yeah, like, it, it doesn't matter. Cause he only did like, he did like a handful of like television things and he did three movies and he was out and he was still talking about it. He was fucking magic. And you can learn all you want at the, at the actor's studio. But from everything I've read of his experience at the actor's studio, he like stormed off the stage. He only, he wouldn't perform there. He only like would go and watch after he got torn apart by Strasbourg one time. And he, and to get into this actor's studio, you had to direct a scene with your scene partner. And he did that. And I think he was just an instinctual 
talent. It's the same way that Dennis Hopper has that thing too, but Dennis Hopper gets it later because, because they looked at James Dean and was like, wow, this guy's just like naturally good. He's got yeah. this thing. And then, and then once, but the way that the acting was then, especially with like method stuff is like, everyone thought you just had to act like Brando and be super serious and, and be, and be like, like sort of mumbling and introspective. But it's like with Dennis Hopper, he kind of takes what James Dean is doing to a different level, especially in, in this movie where, where um, there's just that one scene where he's in the prison and he's in the jail and he's behind the bars and he's like saying some monologue to the screen and his fucking eyes are just so in it. He looks like a fucking animal. But I think those people are just magic. You can't fucking learn. You can't learn that shit. You can be, you can hone your skill and you can learn how to do Shakespeare. You can learn um, how to uh, act for the camera with your eyes. Um, but but there, but people like him are just. I mean, Jared Leto. You could say what you want about Jared Leto. He works his fucking ass off too. But I'm not talking about fucking Jared Leto. In, okay, in so so, so if you were if you were going to uh, find a, a, I guess parallel to James Dean in the modern day, who would it be? And is it Tom? Buddy Duress. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Tom Holland, Buddy Duress. Uh, Timothy Chalamet. I'll tell you what, Buddy Buddy Duress has magic too. <laughs> Buddy but Buddy Duress has magic, and so does that Tom Holland kid. But it's just like you get when you see when you I see was Buddy. Kidding? No, hold on. No, I don't want that to be recorded <laughs> for me saying that Tom Holland is the new James Dean. No, he's I not, think, no, uh, he's not the new James Dean. Just saying that he has that same natural whatever no. that charisma is. I think um, he's a, he's he's like thirty, but. It's, still looks like a child and i don't understand why they're trying to make him like a star where he's like he's very kid-like still like that uncharted mm -hmm. movie that's coming out very soon it's like oh it's an action star but he's still like a, a little boy or at least still looks like it so it's difficult to take him seriously i saw um uh this is this netflix movie that he did where he plays like a very serious role and it's just like oh it's just so the devil all the time that time. one yeah, yeah 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 he he plays like a very serious like like toned down role and it, it just doesn't work well hold on a second of... he's not bad but they are putting him in the wrong roles because yeah. you're no, right i mean he he did he did the best he could do with that mm -hmm. yeah yeah and look but, but, I, but... I i watched that new spider-man movie i might have been almost sad for spider-man when he didn't have his entire <laughs> girlfriend at the end anymore <laughs> You know, yeah. I was touched. So oh, look, spoilers. he's spoilers. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the biggest that spoiler. No, she's fine. Well, I, I think the the you can't, you can't, you can't compare does. Tom Holland to James Dean because Tom Holland is a fucking he's a fucking limey. He's a fucking Brit. He's, he's not an American. You can't compare the two. No Brit right, can be can your be American cool James Dean of modern day. Nobody. We don't have them. You don't they, don't, cool they don't cast the Americans like that. They don't. They don't. Cast I'll tell you like, who it is. Uh, right behind me, right now, right there in the leather jacket. That's Vincent, the American James Dean. Vincent Gallo. Uh, uh, there's nobody young that that has that sort of thing. Yeah. But they're also extremely careful about who they put into movies now. Like only only the Safdie brothers were the ones who were like, who's who's this person that we just walked by going through new york that just like has no acting experience at all why don't we just see if they want to be in a movie oh is there some guy at the casino where we're shooting at who's just got like cool character energy 
why don't we just see if he wants to be in this scene instead of you know pulling in an extra nobody wants to do that they have like a short list of people all the, i mean they've always done it this way but the studios have a short list of people where it's like well we can put dave batista in this role we can put stone scars guard in this role tom holland's Rob another Johnson. one Right, they would yeah. be a pretty fucking go down the list. person to be to be an actor back in the 1950s and 60s. You could be a mm-hmm. really fucking weird person, you know. Like now, it's different. Now it's like, as soon as you're 12 and you're like, I want to be an actor. Like, oh, your parents get involved. We're gonna do YouTube videos. We're gonna make you famous. We're gonna get fuck. You know, what I mean? like it's all too goes right there to it. It's too. They go right for like you need to be a Hollywood. Back then. That you would go and do theater in New York, and then and then the studios were connected or owned part, you know, the theaters or whatever, and they would just there was a little pipeline. You'd go to the do the Broadway show, and then you'd do the TV show, and then they'd send you out and they'd do a, a little like screen test, and then you could be doing movies. A lot of times you didn't do you didn't get that far. You got to do day players stuff or guest stuff on uh, in new york and on the um tv shows that they used to have like all those those shows that were like sponsored by um products right like grocery store products it'd be yeah. like the fucking arm and hammer hour arm and hammer baking soda hour mm-hmm. with james dean you know <laughs> and that that and and, <laughs> and, and they don't exactly. have it it is so, so depressed. It's, <laughs> so so fucking, it's so lame. It's been, yeah. 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 Imagine that. They do like, I'm, I'm surprised that hasn't happened. Like T-Mobile presents, you know. James what do you Franco, guys think? Uh, what do you guys think uh, Robert Pattinson's career? Because uh, he did the Twilight movies and then he tried to get away from that mainstream thing by doing like little weird independent movies but then now he's batman so the little indie cred i guess that he had gotten from those years that he did after twilight i think he's kind of gone now just because he's yeah he's bad a little bit now in a giant movie yeah yeah what i mean i think his trajectory will be from now because what is he like 31 32 or am i He's uh, 34, 35, I want to say. I think his okay. career is probably going to mirror something like uh, like Ryan Gosling, where you have this actor who appears in big movies like that, like he was doing uh, Murder by Numbers and all these mm-hmm. kind of generic Hollywood films. And then, you know, he's like, well, I'm bored of this. I want to do something weird and indie. And he starts going down that track. Yeah. And then apparently he's doing the Wolfman movie and he's in Beauty and the Beast and he's, or whatever they've got coming out uh, at Disney it, I think Robert Pattinson is probably going to be the same thing and he'll probably reach a point where he bottoms out again and either goes away for a bit or tries to do more interesting films. I think, I think they told him, you know, they were like, you know, his financial advisor was like, dude, yeah, I mean, I mean now you're done with those art movies. Otherwise you can't afford your life. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, Saucy brothers ain't thing. paying, they're not, they're not paying his like twilight prices. Right, and, and he's been right in that, and he was working with Cronenberg. He was doing all that stuff, and, and Cronenberg can't afford that shit either. You do, you know, and then it, and then it's just like, okay, well, um, look, you, you know, you're you're gonna go broke pretty soon, so you got to do something. And here's your options: here, you can be Batman, or you could be, um, or you could be a Marvel character, or you could be, you know, but. Um, well, I think I guess uh, Nolan gave him some money, but 
Right. Yeah. Well, he did Tenet. Yeah. I think Batman's probably top of the. If you're going to do a commercial project, you're going to be Batman. Yeah. Well, that's, that's that's kind of the best case scenario, isn't it? Um, I was just thinking the other day, you know, he's one of these actors that I think started to. I, I was thinking about Ryan Gosling because I just watched Place Beyond the Pines. Mm. And there are so many actors when they were still making that kind of movie and that movie could go to theaters yeah. and have like a legitimate yeah. run for a while. And it didn't have to perform you know, super stellar numbers in order to be considered a hit. Like that's only 20, we're not that far away from that. That was only 2013. And you had so many interesting actors come up around that time that either got absorbed into Marvel or just don't have a place anymore in the current uh, environment that, that that's existing for film. Like Ben Mendelsohn is one of these guys. Ben Mendelsohn is such a great actor, very good at playing a skeevy guy or a creep or like a weirdo, but good kind of guy. He He's so versatile in his acting. And you take a look at his IMDb and it's like uh, an HBO show that ended. Yeah. Uh, he has a cameo and Spider-Man is like an alien, but it's probably not even him. He probably just said one line and, you know, ADR post or whatever it might be. And it's like, this is a, yeah. yeah, a waste of talent. Yeah. Like this, this is extremely unfortunate that, this type of performer doesn't really have a place to thrive and show his skills the same way. Well, well, so, how old is he? Is he like 50? I think he might just be, yeah, on the cusp of 50 or a little over 50. Yeah. I mean, so like, he had, he got a second wind definitely in his early forties. Cause he used to be like a teen actor in Australia. And then he got mm. hooked on heroin, got fucked up, thrown for a loop and then came back later on. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck him. <laughs> so of course, this this, this explains. Is heroin the so one drug like, where you where you can't just be like, you know what? I'm functional. That's the one, right? Where you just like, or I'm yeah. just on heroin now. I think so crack. Give me, give me a couple of days. I think if you're, I think if you're smoking crack, you you you, you know, because Charlie Sheen's a good example. Mm-hmm. He was smoking. He's banging. What are you saying? He's like, like, oh, I was banging eight ball fucking he was like smoking um but, oh, but like, smoking crack with HIV. I mean that's a different <laughs> yeah. level. He was doing that and showing up to two was, and a half men an hour later. Was he making like two million an episode? Yes. Like yes. Fat crack rocks and he's just smoking these crack rocks and all of a sudden he went insane. He just Charlie went insane. Got tiger blood. He's got NHIV. Tiger he's got blood. HIV oh, and, <laughs> that's, that's what he's HIV He was trying to tell us. He was just no he's shy. No, I remember you said that. Well, I rem- you reminded me of that. I saw Ben Mendelsohn. I think he posted something on Twitter, and I was like, "Yeah, man, that's right." There, I it because you said it someplace else, and it might have been on on my show in the, in the uh, yeah maybe maybe we talked about it then too. But you, yeah, you, you you made that point, and it's always struck with me. It's like, yeah, these guys just get like completely absorbed by Disney or whatever and you just never see him again but in the case of ben mendelson i didn't know he was a heroin addict i could see a guy like that you know after going through all those hoops and like being a heroin addict and stuff by the time you're 50 if you can just coast and you don't have to go to work that much and you can just like be in your little your little zen mansion or whatever and just like i don't know it seems like something i would do if i was 50 i wouldn't be like Working with the Softy Brothers, I'd just I'd be like, you, you want me to be yeah. Alfred? I'll be fucking yeah. Alfred for sure. <laughs> ben Mendelsohn, uh, Alfred, cracked which, out, uh, disgusting Alfred. So which yeah. ABC uh, sitcom do you want me to be the bad boss 
on. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like, sure. This grumpy, grumpy boss on a George Lopez's new sitcom. Who cares? You, yeah. Mm-hmm. You you work for six months and then you have the rest <laughs> of the time to do nothing, and then you come back, and that's all you have to do. That's awesome. Well, he's he's one of those people that just fell into that Marvel, right? Like that Marvel thing of like well you're just a, kind of a side character you're you're a villain but not really you'll you'll pop up here and there on the episodes but that's it because i was looking at like his imdb and it seems like he's in a thing called secret invasion that i don't even know what mm. it is because i'm so out of the well he's biggest the loop on superhero shit yeah that's an animated thing i'm fairly certain yeah uh, his biggest Sorry. creative mistake are though uh clearly a, a financial uh uh terrific move it's just taking on the role of generic villain in every movie it's like yeah. this guy has so much character he doesn't have to be this yeah. bland like ready player one he plays just yeah exactly what you described on that fake george lopez sitcom is the bad boss <laughs> yeah. just bad corporate guy and it's like you they, yeah. you, you don't understand what you have with this guy yeah. and they don't care they don't care they just care about let's get it out Let's get it out into theaters. Let's make the money. What, what, what was his? What do you think? What was his like? What was the best performance that you that you have seen him in? He's really good in uh, Killing Them Softly, where he plays mm-hmm. essentially his mm-hmm. former self. Um, Place Beyond the Pines. He's very good. Animal Kingdom is the one that sticks right. out for me. I what, think that's bl- uh, Bloodline. Sorry, yeah. Um, I I caught the first episode oh, yeah. of that, but I I fell out of the um the series. I know he was um like the main supporting role on that, right? It's it's only worth watching the first season. It just goes downhill after that. Mm-hmm. First episode's not that strong, but after that, like holy shit, it's good. Like, it's good. Yeah, that yeah. first season was very strong. Killer character acting. Yeah, he was so um, specific. He was the lead on The Outsider, which was a Stephen King adaptation, and Ooh. that is a show that HBO put mm-hmm. out. I think maybe 2019 or early 2020. That yeah. has a very good start when jason bateman is directing the episodes and then as soon as they i'm going to spoil it as soon as they get rid of his character it sucks it's become something else they they introduce like some lady detective and she's going to solve mm-hmm. the mystery ben we don't even need ben mendelson we have the lady detective and yeah. she's on the case and it becomes Terrible a new show, show and it sucks so, and there's no delivery at the end there's no delivery no 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 so that's stinky Dylan Donham to be the new detective. <laughs> yes, Lena Dunham's the detective. That's right. Did, it's just did, an offshoot of girls. So, yeah. Well, okay, okay. So, the, so going back to to the to the Easy Writer, and was this intentional? Wasn't the? I believe the the script was written by Terry Southern, right? Um, I think it was a collaboration between. I, I believe Ter- Terry Southern, Dennis Hopper, and uh, Peter Fonda. Maybe yeah. I'm misremembering. Have you ever read any of um, Terry Southern's work? Uh, I have not. Aside read it, from no. that, his, 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 he was an author. He was like a short story author. And, and I believe a novelist as well. But he, he was a satirist. Like he, he really, he, he wrote a, a bunch of, but he, he was kind of like a, um, satirist kind of guy i don't know why i just that i just thought of that but it just kind of keeps playing on my head sorry i think i derailed it no i was i was doing a little bit of research hey i mentioned this to uh at least austin are you guys aware 
that there's a sequel to Easy Rider. Yes, there is. There is indeed a long-awaited no. sequel to oh, Easy Rider. Hans, why don't no. we just take a look at the sequel to Easy Rider? When why did not? it come out? Oh, God. Oh, I don't know. Probably right after the original, I would assume. You know, it was a big hit. Uh, do you right. mean? I believe this film doesn't have a definitive title. I think it's called. I think it's called uh, Easy Rider: The Way Back, but also Easy Rider: The Ride Back. They couldn't. Decide. Someone forgot and put the wrong title on the poster or something. Why? Like, the, uh, all right. You told me about it. I couldn't bring myself to watch it in preparation for. No, nah, you didn't need to. So let's just Hold take on. a look at this thing. So 2012, you said, Hans. Are you oh, sure you don't? Terry yeah. Southern. Terry Southern wrote Doctor Strange. Ah, oh, that's right. Wait, is that Peter Fonda? Casino, James Dean? James Dean? Casino Royale. Oh, my God. Oh, it's a prequel. Yeah. Wait. Oh, sorry. Is that Peter Fonda? Now? Jeff Fahey, why? What? Hey, remember that from the original movie? Nah. Hey, guys, remember when there was back. bills inside of that? <laughs> uh. Wow. So, what this was so this like cynical. the was this like the Winnie the Pooh thing where where they just became like uh, <laughs> public domain? No, someone bought yeah. the rights. Someone bought the rights to Easy Rider. That is not Peter Fonda. Uh, no, not Holy shit! Someone uh, dressed up just like Peter, but old <laughs> Peter Fonda, not even young Peter Fonda. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Ah. Uh. Well, now you know why. Can we look up this actor who's posing as Peter yeah. Fonda? Sure. They probably yeah. kind of got Peter. F- I I honestly <laughs> thought Peter Fonda was in this movie. I remembered Peter Fonda being in the. Tra- That's not him. Wow. Do you think Peter Fonda um, would have like um, figured out some sort of way to take uh, something off of something for this whole Joe Rogan thing? Would oh. he have been like, I've I've decided to take off the soundtrack uh, to Easy Rider? <laughs> like, yeah, but you don't own those songs, dude. I know, but I want the soundtrack off of that. <laughs> like, like, off of there. Uh, I want my well, playlist the guy, off there. Uh, the guy's called that uh, Thomas Blankenship. What is he known uh, for? And, uh, Blankenship. Uh, uh, Paradox. It's just a movie from 2016. Um, a, a show called The Division. Ah, classics. And a bunch of shorts. Just a bunch of shorts. Uh, he he uh, he helped construct the sets on EC Rider. Oh, no, in Paradox. Sorry, uh, which he was uh, an associate producer for too. But um, yeah. It's just not not um, 
not nobody. <laughs> He's a star. He starred in Easy Rider. The Ride Easy Rider 2, yeah. <laughs> so seen- that'll be good for Civic TV episode four. Have you seen Dennis Hopper's photography? <laughs> I have a book of his photography. He's he's very good. Do you? Which book is that? Um, God, what is the name of it? I don't want to go looking for it. Let me just make sure I got the title right by Googling it. But uh, it was a recently published one. I think it came out within the past six or seven years. Let me, uh, let me ask you, as a, as a filmmaker, right? As a filmmaker. And, and you do everything. I mean, Lowe does everything. Lowe does every fucking thing. And, and, and. So in dreams when, in dreams is the book sorry to cut you off there but dreams. thank you continue so, so what what do you think about um his photography and the way he uses the camera and and and, and you know considering that those cameras back then he's got these giant fucking film cameras but mm-hmm. the way he uses it i mean like what do you <clears throat> you know what do you think about that like how he captures people because i've worked with with directors like indie directors or whatever indie director you know just like amateur directors and stuff where you're like man this guy some people just cannot get a good angle on any they don't have an eye for composition no i actually i was going to say um i actually think that dennis hopper is probably a better photographer than he is a director maybe Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. which is not to say uh that any of his films feel like half cocked but I think I like the ideas of his movies maybe more or or maybe some of the creative decisions found within the films, certainly the case with Easy Rider, more than I like the the some of the components. Um, that's certainly something with Into the Blue, uh, you know, parts of the last movie. His later work, I don't even really consider because that was just him trying to um, sustain a career in Hollywood okay. after he had been blacklisted. Right. But his photography is gorgeous it's really impressive stuff uh he certainly does have like a good eye for being able to fill the scene and, and capture authentic moments uh and you get that probably most in easy rider certainly in the last movie um before it starts to fade away from him a little bit or at least is not as public in his uh you know his persona that that exists from 1980 onward where he almost exclusively is just known for his acting and being the Dennis Hopper that's probably most recognized today. He's one of those rare, like actor director that his acting is actually really good. Mm-hmm. Like his like the composition of his photography, it, like his aesthetic is pretty. He's he's got a style, but he also has a very clear, um, uh, like but he's also a very good actor. Yeah, like, as a, as a self director, it's crazy to see. He's he's yeah. really kind of clicks it. Yeah, I had a similar thought too. Watching him, like, damn, like he's got like a really good directing style. It's not just like whatever. It's like specific and tight, you know. Uh, Austin, so you originally dive dove, excuse me, into this movie because uh, you were looking to get better versed on Jack Nicholson's early career. Um, where where do you rank these guys as far as like some of the all time greats go with acting? Because I personally consider Jack Nicholson probably the best or at least the best movie star i'd be hard pressed to come up with a list of how do you even really grade that because i i and this is something i get really hung up on nowadays i i tweeted this out but there's so many like actors who know how to act well who can 
create this like a you know replica of a certain character like an eddie redmayne type where they don't offer any personality within the role or do anything you know unique or weird with it but they know how to behave like that person they're playing and we have a lot of those guys right now and not enough of the jack nicholson dennis hopper etc types that are bringing something to that character so i just wanted to know um you know, what is it that compelled you to look into Jack Nicholson? What is your general feeling on him, on Dennis Hopper? And maybe if you, you know about Peter Fonda's career, I certainly don't know a whole lot about Peter Fonda's career. What, what your take on him is? Yeah, certainly. That's a killer question. Um, I mean, really, it goes back to uh, what Cisco was talking about with James Dean and that, that, uh, that individual component. Um, it's like... I mean, it's sort of a cliche, but it's, it's, it's Jack Nicholson. It's Marlon Brando. Um, I mean, kind of shudder to think what James Dean would have done if he lived longer. Um, you know, there's Montgomery cliff too. Like he looked really promising, but you know, car accident. Uh, do you guys think that James Dean has the legacy he has if he does not die because he got two posthumous Oscar nominations, um, you know, af- af- you know, obviously after he died uh, and had this legacy built around him. But uh, do you think that's kept intact without that death? Absolutely. You know, he was going to be, he was going to play Rocky Graziano and someone up there likes me. And, yeah. and Paul Newman ends up playing that. He gets that and and actually, Steve McQueen is in that movie as well, as like a supporting actor. And so, it's almost like he kind of like had to. I mean, he had to kind of. I, I don't know. I don't think. I, I think. I don't think so. Because I, I think Humphrey Bogart even said something like that. Some Humphrey Bogart after he died said he's lucky he died because there's no way he could have lived up to that. There's no way he could have lived up to the hype that that was that was around, and and I I think that that's kind of true. Just like Marlon Brando didn't. I mean, Marlon Brando does Wild One. He does On the Waterfront, and um, then he do like Viva Zapata. You know, he's doing like Shakespeare. He's doing this, but like he totally fell the fuck off in the '60s, mid to late '60s, and he's lucky his ass got godfather because he did the mutiny on the bounty and almost like bankrupted the fucking studio system so he would he didn't really deliver on anything either and i think with james dean i know that he wanted to be a director and it was almost like what you were saying low earlier about the him about dennis like feeling like he had to be james dean and i think and they hung out a lot particularly on the giant set because that because there wasn't anybody really around to hang, you know, it was, it was like a, a huge fucking movie, and it's all these actors, but they didn't all like get along. Um, so he had a lot of hang time with him there, and I think there, you know, that's what that maybe partly why Dennis Hopper goes into directing it, and and I think maybe Dennis, uh, sorry, James Dean would have been an interesting filmmaker. Mm. He seems like somebody who would have just gone into that on on the subject of brando oh go ahead hans i know you wanted to say something 
a little bit ago. Yeah. Do you guys think Heath Ledger would get us as many accolades as he, he did? No. See if he did it. Yeah. All right. No, I was, I, I was going to say that. Um, Heath Ledger was, I mean, he was a good actor. Don't get me wrong. But uh, yeah. he was considered a joke. You know, because of his uh, teen performances and doing Brokeback Mountain and all that, even though, th- you know, that was a well-regarded performance and it got him a uh, Best Supporting Actor, I believe, nomination at the Academy Awards that year. Um, if you take a look at any like early Internet posts from from the time that he got cast as Joker, nobody right. liked that casting decision. People were completely skeptical of it. Uh, if he doesn't die, I don't think he has the, the recognition and uh, love that he has currently um but uh was it was that all you were gonna say or yeah yeah yeah. i would just like it just everything you just said cisco reminded me of uh the way he's been treated since he died because i do remember that when the casting was announced everyone was like oh really the guy from a knight's tale that's gonna be the joker that's weird the guy from brokeback mountain that's weird but then he died while making that movie uh with that narrative of, uh, uh, and I don't, I honestly ha- never looked into it, but I don't believe that uh, what was really happening was as dark as everything is presented. And says, just fucking play the Joker. You don't have to kill yourself over it. That seems very stupid to me. But the fact that he died because of how much he got into that character, I don't think he would have gotten as much of uh, praise that he gets now uh, looking back if he didn't die making that movie and, I, and uh, with that narrative that came from that you know what do you I thought he was great i thought he was amazing as as joker to go from that teenage guy to do to doing i think his joker is the best joker in terms of like if it's between him and joaquin phoenix i don't think i don't think joaquin phoenix is doing joker no but, uh, but heath ledger is that joker is is what the joker is i mean in the sense of like in that sense of 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 being a you know closer to what the character is in the com of the of representing chaos and stuff like that and it's very chaotic to, to suck off desi arnaz so i don't i don't know i think i don't know man so, i mean it's not desi arnaz <laughs> it's cesar romero you racist piece of shit but uh, the fact that he didn't shave his mustache, I think is pretty badass. You know, he was That's like, pretty, yeah. I'm going to be the Joker. I'm going to be the Joker, but fuck you guys. I'm not sh- shaving my I'm this a is my money Spaniard right mustache. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's pretty baller. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, because I, like, I, I don't think he was bad. Like whenever you would see Heath Ledger on anything, you'd be like, okay, well, you you believe the character, like even in something like a mm-hmm. what was it the ten ten things I hate about you or like not a night's tale, like I said, where it's like, all right, so he's one of broke the, back mountain, the, broke back mountain, the better yeah, the better performance on on, on those movies. Uh, but I I don't know if uh, if he was still alive now, he probably would been swallowed into that maybe superhero mm-hmm. machine where oh, yeah, yeah. a lot of a lot of what he did Although, in his career would have gotten you know I, I don't know about that though because he was off well okay i mean it was different back then for sure but he was offered yeah. spider-man before toby mcguire mm. and he turned Ooh. it down because he's like i don't want to be running around in tights like that's not did, movies that's not you, acting to me did you ever see candy the movie candy yeah holy shit he was fucking good in that He's he. It's it's one of the last movies he did, and he plays a heroin addict, and it's a it's a oh. fucked up movie. But it, and he's good. In it. Did you see it, Hans? 
I no, no, no. about that movie. He's good in that. Like, he's really they, good. Uh, he and I forget who that other Aussie actress is he's in it with, but they like have like a stillborn kid because they're both fucking heroin addicts. And they have like, they're in the hospital with this stillborn baby and they're just like, <laughs> like, oh, I feel like it's, it's a fucked up movie. It's good though. The, the oh, performances yeah. that you remember from him are flawed characters, really. Like, mm. uh, when they try, they try to make him into like this, uh, what is that term they use? Like dreamy, like you know, uh, teenage uh, heartthrob. Uh, heartthrob. heartthrob, yeah, heartthrob mm. character. Mm. Yeah. Where where he always had like a little. Wasn't he like Australian or South African or something? Where he, Australian. he had like Australian. a yeah, like a little bit of like odd, like not exactly like clean cut American type of thing. So you kind of get why they would try to make him into a heartthrob, but. I feel like the performances that I enjoyed the most was where he was playing like a damaged character that was kind of fucked up, pretending to not be. Uh, so I guess it makes mm-hmm. sense that he life ended the way he did because of like how real that felt whenever he was playing that type of character. Yeah. 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 He, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, the, the performance stands by itself. So like, you know, him dying or not dying. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess at a certain point, it's, it's always it's always going to be speculation. Like, well, if that person lived, what would they have done? You know? And maybe mm-hmm. James Dean would have just gotten, like, addicted to cocaine or heroin and just, like, fucked <laughs> off for 20 years. Maybe. Maybe up, he man. would have ballooned to 300 pounds and <laughs> sat down in every scene and had to read yeah. lines off a diaper like his buddy Marlon. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, I, I think you're right, though, Hans. Like, I think he would have definitely just became Ben Mendelssohn whatever Ben Mendelsohn is. He would right, just, or, or maybe he'd be, that. maybe he'd be, maybe yeah. he would be like doing, a, I know that he was working on a movie that was a like biopic of Nick Drake. He was really into Nick Drake. That would have been interesting, but because yeah. like how many actors from that time that were playing similar roles like him still mm-hmm. have like a, like, I don't, I hate sounding like, like, you know, like I'm, above or whatever but like a like a like a respectable career you know we're just like well you, now you're a cw actor you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i feel like him maybe jake gyllenhaal you can mm-hmm. rescue from around mm-hmm. that time that's still doing like yeah. interesting mm-hmm. things but there's not many actors from those years that are both either working on anything interesting or that you even remember like dj quells wasn't he an actor oh, D- oh you're putting dj quells <laughs> in the same category as heath ledger <laughs> <laughs> come on but you know what i mean like actors that were in those type of movies that he was in at the time like well joseph gordon levitt has a new showtime series uh premiering in a week or something on the history of uber so you get that oh god yeah i saw that that trailer was awful and anything that, that deals with like modern corporate is just trying to be the social net like they wish they had aaron sorkin writing for it so bad um i mean who else is from that era joaquin i guess joaquin is that green he's a little what's older up, what, what, what's up with joseph gordon levitt because like he's it's is it just because i remember when he started coming back into things and i was like oh yeah i remember this guy from th- uh th- third rock from the sun yeah yeah yeah. And i liked him and and, and then he did brick and i thought brick was pretty good I was like, oh, yeah. he's a cool guy. But now I'm like, every time I see him, this guy just makes me really irritated from like the well, Snowden he, movie and all that shit. Yeah. He, I feel like he did a couple of cool, like good movies. And then he started doing like his online, what is it? Push record or push something oh, right, like right, his right, online. Right, right, so right, his, right, yeah, right. his time got so absorbed by that and it, nothing happened yeah. with it. Right. 
Yeah, because he's good. Like he's always good on 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 every time I see him, it's like, oh, okay, so he's putting a, a good performance, even when he played that Robin character that wasn't supposed to be Robin and then he was yeah. Robin. But but right. but uh <laughs> I, I feel like he like he had a couple of years where he would be everywhere. Uh that maybe ended where that Don John movie came out where he was like mm. top bill. Yeah. Uh and he even though I did it. enjoy I remember I, I laughed that like that movie was that's you know fine for an actor directing a movie like it was mm-hmm. good but then after that i feel like mm-hmm. uh he started coming out with his online content online you know submission things from people and then for whatever reason it seems like the roles that he was getting at that time just started drying up and the last movie that i remember him being in was that that movie with the uh what is it the the, the guy that went through b- between the two uh, Twin Towers, Between... was it? Oh, oh Man on Wire. The Man, man on that Wire. One. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's the last movie that I remember him doing, and he's kind of like, ah, all right. That like, was I don't so care. bad, dude. They really said, <laughs> hello, I am also. French. I am a French man. Yeah. Like, what, yeah. What, 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 <laughs> what did you think of, what did you think of um, those movies uh, that Ryan Johnson did, like he did Brick and he did Looper. Did you guys like Looper? Where, I enjoyed it at where the time. Is I, thought, at, at I, I thought Brick was very good, and then Looper mm-hmm. was was I thought for a sci-fi film, especially a modern sci-fi I, film, which yeah, during fun. that time, yeah. you know, it, it was a pretty mm-hmm. uh, unimpressive field. That was pretty good. Yeah, and then then he did. I, I don't know when he did that. I think the order is different. I mean, I kind of I liked Looper. I I like the idea that that they put him in makeup to make him look more like Bruce Willis. I kind of just it was a weird, quirky movie. It's very quirked up. But what about um? It, but but Ryan Johnson, there was like a red flag with that movie. It's he not did Star with, Wars, um, right? Star Wars. Well, no, no, no. But there was. I'm saying there's a red flag before that, which was that movie he made about the brothers, which was Adrian Brody and Mark Ruffalo. That was before. That was, that was before. That's Looper. what I'm saying. That's that's Brothers that's Loom. okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. that was the red flag, because Looper was pretty good and Brick was pretty good, but but that movie with the with the oh. brothers with Mark Ruffalo and Adrian Brody. Was well, like, it's it's when he was trying to be like quirky and funny. And, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And he yeah. was just kind of uh, yeah. My, but then he got Star Wars to Knives Out, I guess, which is now making a franchise trilogy out of yeah like great my, Good steps, for him. my stepson loves that movie and certain people love that movie and i just i never yeah. got it i just i don't get it well that, that's part of something we're starting to see make a resurgence which is the whole idea of doing an ensemble cast film knives out is probably one of the you know higher regarded ones uh but they tried doing oh, that with Mama murder Mia. on the orient the with the mummy <laughs> what boris karloff Mama Mia. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, well, Mama, oh, yeah, yeah. Pierce Brosnan needs another one of those. Those God streams. damn, his career's on life support. <laughs> um, yeah, so you got Murder on the Orient, which they're having a hard time with right. the sequel now because Army Hammer loves talking about eating people. Or something, so they don't, yeah. they don't know how to market the movie. Um, yeah. Someone else was in Dutch wow, that was in that cast. So that might just get dumped to streaming. We'll see. Um, oh, and... I, yeah, no, I don't know. I, I feel like we're we're going to enter that period, especially with everything being so corporate, where it's just like, let's fit as many stars as we can into this movie. Yeah. Dune has that going for it as well, um, where it's just like you recognize everybody. And maybe you don't you know, maybe you don't know the name of everybody, but you recognize everybody in that film. 
I think that's kind of the era that we're going to, especially with movies, you know, big budget movies, uh, the number of them being shrunk down, you're going to have that. You're going to get, it's a mad, mad, mad world period of filmmaking. And Momoa, Momoa is now, he's going to be in Fast and Furious 10. Of course he is. Yeah. Well, he looks like Sam Hyde now. Yeah, that picture you posted, he looks exactly like Sam Hyde. <laughs> well, he got divorced. Now he's living in a million uh, so dollar he, camper. Damn, it took him a week Hell to yeah. get fat. His yeah, face looks so funny. That's what happens. I, I I I commend him because, like, he he he'll get um real buff and shit for you know to probably take from roids a bit or whatever, and then he's just like on his motorcycle drinking beers. Look at this guy; he looks like a Sasquatch. Whoa! <laughs> Sam Hyde. That's like Sam. Yeah. Can we just pull up a picture of Sam Hyde now? For <laughs> Austin, I don't know if you know who Sam Hyde is. But uh, this, that's there you go. That's well, <laughs> I don't know. This is the same guy. There he is, right there. If you go down with that white T-shirt, he would look. He kind of had that. Oh my god! Holy Sam god. Hyde yeah. is really funny. He's really funny though, Sam Hyde. We were planning a movie once upon a time, Sam Sam Hyde and I, uh, that was not destined to happen. Now he's he's got some problems going on with his stuff. So what, what's doesn't wrong? Look what like happened? Uh, well, nothing, nothing, nothing like serious. Just it doesn't seem like it's in the budget at the moment. So, but yeah. uh, Jason Momoa, rest in peace. That beautiful man. He's heartbroken. He's I'll eating carbs. <laughs> he's eating oh, carbs. No. He's back he's, on the he's, carbs. He's he seems like a big. He seems like a beer guy. He seems like he's just eat, he's he's like eating yeah. fries and drinking beer. Yeah, he's having chips and salsa with Guinness. <laughs> just like an awful combination that makes you shit horribly. No, you should you should fully lean into this fat period and just go full Russell Crowe, modern Russell Crowe. Yeah. It's, like, it's like Thor when Thor got fat. Well, what if Aquaman? Got fat? Oh man, that's gonna that fuck one? up that that Dune movie, right? He well, does he die oh, at the end of the? Dune? I mean, if he comes back to Dune, Dune, well, they should bring he him back anyway. Dune. Now that he looks, he just comes different. back. <laughs> Play a different character. There's another character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would be a lot like when they brought in Jesse Plemons for the Breaking Bad movie, and he looks oh. like a monster now. He's trying to play a teenage yeah. teenage boy version of yeah. Todd. It's like, yeah, this what, is still. What's up with Jesse Plemons? He loves is he to just eat. like on SSRIs or something. As he, he just got fat from just. Oh like, man, it, it's so bad too because you you can see he's got like the acne scars. And his face fills out more, so it becomes like more noted, like the texture of his face. <laughs> and um, I read an article recently because he did The Power of the Dog. I think that's the title. It's a Jane Campion movie yeah. that that just came out. And uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was method the entire time. So he was using character oh, the entire God. time. He one of those guys on set. And um, there was there was some uh, <laughs> you know lunch or something where he was introducing himself as the character to everybody, and he said to Jesse Plemons. Well, watch it, big boy. And Jesse Plemons later, like he held on to that. He said, uh, I really didn't like he called me big boy. And you know, he, <laughs> he said like a month later, I don't appreciate <laughs> Jesus Christ. What he looks like the Monopoly guy. What the fuck is that look? That's that movie. What to that's him? that movie you're talking about. The movie you're talking about, that's a uh, screen from it, apparently. Hans, can you quickly Google? I think his name is uh, Sir Topham Hat from Thomas the Tank Engine. That's the same guy. <laughs> Just do your best with the spelling there. Dude, he's Sir, what? To conductor, the conductor. Just put, put in the yeah, Sir Topham Hat. All you have to do to get um, Benedict Cumberbatch to to a bat. There he is. 
That is Oh yeah, that's perfect. Oh my god. You, you know Benedict Cumberbatch is like super he's like a he's like a super lib. You just call him a slave owner. It's like at least I'm not descendants from slave owners and he'd be like He'd break character and be like, uh, uh, "Excuse me, I, I'm sorry, but could you please uh, refrain from?" He would be, you know what I mean? He would be like beside himself. If he would totally he would break character. character. Yeah. Do you he, know he what I like to... him? Just. Do you know what I like him? Just playing himself. So he married everyone's girlfriend from 2002, uh, who's uh, Kirsten Dunst, right? Mm-hmm. Who everyone wanted to like uh, date her. I remember like Spider Man, those Spider Man years. And then he's not doing like the Jonah Hill thing where he's like, oh, I'm trying to be handsome now. Hey, hold on. I'm fat again. Hey, guys, now I'm bearded hippie guy. Hold on. I got shitty tattoos like a 15-year-old now. You know, like (laughs) at least he's just like consistent, like greasy Kansas Mm -hmm. guy. I don't know where he's from. But you know what I mean? Like he's just like, fuck it. Like I'm 35 now. Like I'm not going to stay in shape. Like if you want to cast me, I'm just going to be greasy mustachio guy. Who has sex with uh, Kirsten Dunst in his private life? Even though she's jo- like forty now. Jo- Jonah Hill definitely takes like he's got bipolar, so he's he's always he's got oh, yeah. medication. His weight fluctuates too much, and his his like behavior is so like, hey, I'm just like cool, like I'm hanging out with Leo, and we're like watching movies, like whatever. Yeah. You know? Well, he's like, another guy. Not, he's sensitive. Cool about you. He's sensitive about the there's weight good. comments. So, I mean, he's had an Instagram post that was like, guys, I know, look, I know you mean well by saying, hey, you lost a lot of weight, you look great, but please just don't mention my weight, positive or negative. The, Dude, uh, that, Jesse, that, Jesse Clemens, uh... his thing was, he was, he went to the, the rap party and he made a note while they were all eating dinner saying, you know, you called me big boy one time. And I just wanted to say <laughs> that pissed me the fuck off. I would love, to, I would love to, I would love to do that with, with Daniel Day Lewis's like, while you're acting with him, just be like, hey, hey, rich boy. Hey, rich kid. You're just a fucking rich kid. What are you doing, nerd? Oh, you're going to go fishing, nerd? Like your character? Yeah, whatever, bro. Well, is that, what's <laughs> it, what's just make fun of him and have him be like, well, I, why are you attacking me? So these fucking British people get away with the stupidest shit. Like, I'm going to be in character the whole time? Are you fucking retarded? Shut up. Eric, did someone from England piss you off recently? Yeah, You you started bashing British people at the beginning of the show. I hate hate British people. Have you seen Clifford the Red Giant Dog? (laughs) That movie's lovely. I want to amend that. I don't don't hate British people. I hate rich British people. Ah. Like those foppy, like all those guys. But, uh, what was it Tom Holland, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, all those fucking rich, like British, uh, James McAvoy, and who's the other guy said something about, they talk shit about those guys too, about like how um, in, in England and in the UK, it's just mostly it's all rich, uh, rich kids who just go from, there's just like a pipeline from like, they're from nobility or whatever. And then they end up in the Royal Academy and, you know, Mm-hmm. And, and well you uh, either you either get that or you get a tom hardy who's just like fucking random man and just posting in underwear in his myspace like it's one of the one, <laughs> one of the two extremes there yeah. but uh tom hardy was rough video? trade <laughs> yeah yeah that, that, uh, posting thirst video. traps on facebook in like 2008 <laughs> 
do you guys see that video of Jonah Hill being on like a French show and there's a girl that like calls him fat and he gets all heard about it what can we look at this real quick can we just pull this clip up I have never seen this and then we'll 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 tie it back into Easy Rider somehow and wrap up for (laughs) somehow so you know you could you could remake easy rider at warner brothers you get dave batista and jason momoa his very bulky motorcyclist well they were going to do a um adaptation of easy rider and easy riders and raging bulls a a fiction adaptation they were going to do like a hulu fictional adaptation of Mm. that book I don't know how I feel about this recent trend of, hey, let's take a recent historical event and we'll make it into a series. Like the Pam and Tommy Lee Hulu series where you have you oh, know, two people it. who don't have that same grit to them. I didn't ask for that. Yeah. They're doing it with Godfather. They're making a, a making. I heard Godfather. about that. Yeah. And it, it, it looks cringing. It looks very cringy. It's not Josh Gad, but the other fat guy who looks like Josh Gad, who's in that ping pong movie. You know what I'm talking that about? That guy, Dan Fogler? He Holy is shit. Going to, he's playing Coppola. He's playing Coppola. Good for oh, him. He wow. needs that. He desperately yeah, he, needs he disappeared. That. He was forgotten. Josh well, Gad put in, him out of work. He, he was in Fantastic Beasts. That that's his like franchise. That's who Wait. swallowed him up. Who the oh, fuck is go. gonna play Pacino? I don't know. Probably oh. some white dude from fucking Kansas. <laughs> what the fuck are we looking at, Hans? I saw you get sodomized. And this is the end. But, and this is the end. But I told myself. Oh. This is just some French talk show? It's just, yeah. She's like, I had a fantasy with you or I have a fantasy with you. It's sexual fantasy. Is that a trans? No, they're all women. Are you and sure? Like, yeah. Let's wait until it comes back over. You made me laugh. You made me laugh a lot, and then all of a sudden, you'll bring your friends DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, <laughs> and then you go away. Oh wow! Damn, French rule. Imagine James <laughs> Corden doing this. The one in the red. The one in the red. That's a trans. Yeah, I think you're right. Imagine this yeah. is that's, your job. That was great. Imagine that's that very your job. To do. Oh, I don't know if I would do that, man. That's an inter- that's some international <laughs> press junket bullshit where you're just wow. like, what? I'm getting made fun of by this fucking frog. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, you frog. I'd be like, move, do, 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 do. Just start doing their fucking thing back to them. You just carry a baguette on you as a prop, just in case exactly. it goes south. Beat myself over the head with it on the yeah. fucking, on camera. Like, um, treat it like a Japanese television show, but you're in France, so they're just like, what the fuck? is you? And you're like, you know. Sorry. Have you seen the the documentary Easy Riders and Raging Bulls? Uh, the book, I mean, the book is so much better um, and so much more in depth about the New Hollywood era. Um, they try to condense it down to like a two hour documentary. It's on YouTube if any of you guys want to take a look at that. And it's fine, but it's very like A and E biography uh, style. So 
you get that. The book is what, like 400, 500 pages. Uh, they condense essentially <clears throat> Bonnie and Clyde or Easy Rider up until the end of New Hollywood, which what they all love putting the blame on uh, Michael Cimino with Heaven's Gate. There's but, like, there's a couple. There's, yeah. there's Heaven's Gate and there's, um, there was another one that they, that they blamed for it. it was like a big one was. Uh, a Tale of Two Jakes. No, that, that was later in the Tale 80s, of Two Jakes. There was a movie. Is that, that when they did the out. Two Jakes, but with two animated mice? Oh, no, they, they, they also blamed, they blamed Scorsese as well for like Raging Bull. That was a flop? Raging, Raging Bull is a flop. It lost a lot of money. Oh, interesting. He, he, yeah, yeah. And there, there was, so there's Raging Bull. There was, um, and I believe John, also John Milius's movie was uh, Big Wednesday that also was a box office failure and that cost a lot of money to make. And um, uh, I believe Apocalypse Now was not a uh, success, financial success as well. It comes out um, at the end of Vietnam. People do not want to watch any more Vietnam movies. This movie kind of flops. And then you have, then they, then everyone blames Chimino's, um, which, you know, like, I, I think um, there's something to be said for that. Because it's like, I do think that that movie's great. It's beautiful. It's cool, it's but, bad. but it's not bad. It, it was but it's just, not. It's not it was, like it's just not on the right time period. I think. I don't think. Yeah. People are like watching that, a what, COVID movie now. Right. Who it's wants like, to watch it's like a movie about COVID. Well, but like when it came like, out, I don't think audiences were used to watching like a movie that was that long. You know, that was kind of slow, kind of like. You know, not 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 action filled, I guess, until you get to close to the end. Uh, so I, I don't know. I well, now you don't really get westerns anymore. But I feel like maybe if that movie came out ten years after that, when it came out, it would. Daniel Day Lewis's kid just did a western with uh, DailyWire.com. Oh, great! Speaking of, sounds Daniel great. Oh, that's cool. That's oh, cool. Gina what they're doing over there, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, the, 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 that's not even a Western, though, the uh, Heaven's Gate. It's, um, no, it's not. Entire, well, yeah, it's not I like, guess. it's not like, it's, it's not like what Clint Eastwood's Westerns, like Pale, Pale, Pale right. Rider, um, um, High Plains Drifter, Outlaw Josie Wales. Like it has, it, 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 it at least, like Chimino's movie is about like Eastern European settlers, and and the what I really like about that movie is how they portray like um, the rich kids, the Harvard kids, who are basically just playing God, and with zero consequences. That's kind of that's what I really like about that movie, because everybody dies except like the rich kids, and then they're just on a boat later, just like, oh, that was fucking weird. <laughs> anyway, boom, and they just, like, just sail off into the sunset. That was I like that part. Was, That's that one I, I I still have yet to um, really form an opinion about because I found it very difficult to to keep my attention on it when I when I made mm-hmm. a stab at watching it last year. So <laughs> I, I'm due to uh, give it a another watch sometime soon because I really enjoy Michael Cimino. Um, apparently, though, uh, they're thinking about. I've heard that they might be looking to greenlight one of his unproduced scripts from the 70s. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know who would helm it. I have an idea of one of the actors who 
might be involved, but that's, you is know, there, everything's up in there. Is there a, talk about remaking Easy Rider right now. Like, what does that even look like? Like, because that movie is commenting, yes, there is this, the Vietnam shit, but it's mostly, this is a movie that is bringing to light. It's showing people smoking weed. Probably mm-hmm. one of the first times seeing this. It's, um, it's showing um, people who are are kind of like from wealthy family, right? The, like they're they're selling to um, Phil Spector in the beginning, this big Rolls Royce. They're kind of all failed sons. They're failed sons from like real life too. Like Peter Fonda wasn't necessarily like a very, very big star back then, and neither was Dennis Dennis Hopper. I don't think they were like rich kids, but Fonda kind of was. Speaking like, of big anyway, big so stars, cool. is Bridget Fonda? Have you taken a look at Bridget Fonda? <laughs> well, she broke Maybe. her back though. You know, she broke. Oh fuck! I didn't know that. That's she was in a bad accident. She almost fucking died, so she gained like eighty pounds and just retired from acting after that. Damn, you really um, did a good job of making me look like a terrible person. <laughs> you <five seconds>. shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but 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 like, what do you do with with modern day? What does the modern day like look like? Motorcycles. Oh, I think it's me and Hans place. in a rental car yeah. for three hours. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just taking ketamine just... for just shit that we've never taken before to see how we react to it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can. Well, that's the thing. Uh, that's why I, uh, I was like, I kind of wish I lived in those simpler times of the, the you know, early seventies, late sixties, because I don't know if you can even make that movie anymore. Like, how can you even take a ride like that? Like, you there, there's so many restrictions. There's so many things that you have to deal with now. Where I don't think you would have the freedom that they did making that movie back in those days. So I don't know if you could even make anything that's similar to that and uh i'm sure people have attempted it but that movie's such a capsule of that time or like that mentality and the thinking from that time that i don't know if you could as we saw in that uh easy rider 2 trailer i don't think you can bring that to to modern day and make it you know work it's like a it's it's not a very complicated concept but it's also not something that i i think would work now you know yeah you know it's it's tricky and like i i thought about this a bit too like you know an easy rider like you know the focus is on like you know hippies and like some like that whole hippie movement right which is kind of like a prototype for like yeah as a form of a prototype for like an american like free free individual right but like it didn't i don't know if it's necessarily that it didn't take off or didn't have like the biggest impact because now, like hippies we have today, they're not the, the, the same type of prototype. They're not like mm. going for like that free individual. They're going for an imitation of what it used to be. So it didn't necessarily evolve. And if it did, I don't know what group of people um, it would be or have to be uh, that had that like, you know, that that original sort of impulse to do something different than what was going on around them. The libertarian easy right <laughs> no that's what i was saying that, 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 that's what i was saying that's what i was saying is like today's countercultural people were like maga hat guys right like we're like uh kind of or, or like shit posters on twitter or something and and you can't really make a movie of those right people but you can set it back in the 60s and make it about the hell's angels 
because because Hunter S. Thompson was writing about what would be the kind of um, Trump supporters or what is viewed as the Trump supporter youth or whatever. Well, now it's a Joe Rogan supporter. That's that's right, the new right thing, right? The same. Well, yeah, yeah. It's like well, it's it's, it's those. But I I feel like people live uh, as much as we've modernized the world. Like lives are so much less interesting than they were before because everyone's trying to look for structure and like keeping you you know your your life of like you know that nine to five job or like I have to support my family mm-hmm. so I have mm-hmm. to work doing something. I can't mm-hmm. just take a road trip for five months with my body on my bike, you know, and hopefully you know we'll sleep in the desert and. We'll be chilled with just a joint and, and hang out like that. I don't think that even happens anymore. Like you would need a camper maybe or something safer than just you and your bike. Uh, no helmets, no safety, no anything. You're just like, there's not enough cars in the street. So I'll just ride my bike peacefully and nothing's going to happen to me until my friend gets, you know, bludgeoned to death. But yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think uh, uh, modern day living uh, works that way anymore so i guess it would be like yeah i can't even think what like that would that what that would look like on like the lives that everyone lives now well i, what, I don't think it's that like lives have, have become less in uh less interesting since then i think it's just it's interesting in a way that might not be compatible with film at the moment so yeah. I th- maybe you could figure out a way to tell stories that are applicable to today, but so much of the shit is already on a screen where it's like, how do you, how do you really portray that? All right, well, we're going to do little text bubbles. on. You know, you have to do that, I guess, or figure out a way to make this, you know, coalesce. And I don't, I don't know if that's really happened just yet. Well, the, I think the counter, the counterculture is like so obsessed with, with um, stardom. Like they, they, they don't, and, and mainstreaming things. Everybody needs to be mainstreaming. Like you should be, you need to be uh, maxing your mainstreaming. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like this, this has to be sold. This has to be um, packaged. This has to be ready. This has to be tested. It, it's, it, um, there's a, a, and that's, that's like implanted in every young creative's head just from, from from early on is like you know how do i look what am i what am i the right character for what is my you know what i mean and there's there back then it was like if you start talking about that stuff you'd probably get you know chewed out by dennis hopper and some cocaine binge like why do you care why do you care what you look like man look at me man you're not fucking free you think you're free man you're worried about your fucking hair (laughs) I'll cut this shit off, man. I'll fuck you in your ass. Or whatever. <laughs> well, I, I also feel like that technology has made life easier for everyone, but it's made it more boring for what you put on screen, you know? Mm. Yeah. Because uh, for let's, this is a perfect example of it. You know, just two friends that they don't have a cell phone. They don't have a way to be contacted or ask for help if they need help. It's just them two in the wild with their bikes and just dealing with everything that comes along with that if you try to make that now or or like a similar uh story i guess there's so many modern things that would make it less interesting that if they were just left to their own devices unless you make something that's i don't know in the desert or in like the 
the Middle East somewhere where they can't be contacted or they can't be uh, anywhere near uh, modernity. That I don't even know if that's a word, but you know, like a modern world where it would not make it as interesting as if you just have these two guys that um, we're just gonna take a road trip to let, let's say coast to coast in the in the states, and if we live, cool. If we die, well we're not going to be able to get any help because we don't have a computer in our pocket that's going to be helping us or, you know, a uh, uh, GPS on our bikes or, or the, the having a radar that can track us and, and they can find us easily. You know, this is a much simpler, like more uh, like rudimentary way of living that makes it more interesting because the stakes are higher as to what, you know, you're not going to have a backup of anything. It's just you by yourself, wherever you're going. And, if you make a movie that's set on 2021 or 22, it, it, you're going to have to to look for a place that's still like that, you know? And if you do that in the States, like how many towns or cities can you still find where you'll be able to be left alone like that? Uh, so I think like that that affects uh, a lot of what, what can come from, you know, something uh, like this, which is a very simple and interesting movie. But now the the... The things that have made our life easier, I feel like, have uh, been like a detriment for for mil- filmmaking and more interesting uh, storylines like that. Yeah, I think that there's there's people out there who who feel like those kind of like hicks do right in that little small town. Like if you roll through and you got long hair, or you're like you're different looking, you're gonna meet some kind of the, I, I, you're gonna meet some kind of friction there, right. you know, just by being the outsider. But at the same time, it's like what like I think you could do that if our world was a little more interactive. So like it's implausible to see people to think, think of people just, um, just going on a motorcycle and just like driving. Um, but if the world was a little more interactive and you had like little hubs where you could check out a, a map of the country and be like, okay, I'm checking at a rest stop or something, you know, our world isn't like that. And in fact, our world is more, it's more apocalyptic than post-apocalyptic than it was an easy rider because at least an easy rider it's like there's there's just vast wilderness and open spaces it feels like Simpler and life, yeah. cities these no crowds, expectations but, right mm-hmm. but now you drive through this country and it's a ruin like everything is rusted out and those motorcycles you don't you know you the, like motorcycles are they come in automatic now so you don't even have to shift anymore you just like press a button mm-hmm. and you're in the next gear so it's like they're automatic, you know, so, so in a way it's, it's almost like really lame to do. I mean, a motorcycle is like, well, it's not really that special because if it's a modern motorcycle, you're just using the thing and you're going, and also it's like, you're just riding through this, like this, this country that is so fucking like been, been so screwed that. And if you have a gun and you go through state lines where you're not allowed to have a gun, yeah, you're going to get arrested. So yeah, you have federal like, crime. Like right, right. Yeah, yeah. So that freedom, I think that's what, what uh, keeps back a movie that's maybe set on a, a modern day, trying to keep that type of spirit mm. that, that this movie has. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's possible anymore. Unless so they're you... freer then than they are now. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Or you just make the movie without any technology in it. Yeah. Well, that well, they... Ted Kaczynski style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would, that, that's probably the way. That's probably the best way to do it, is to just blot out hallmarks of life. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
we're we're past the two hour mark now for us anyway i think the final episode might be closer to like one hour 48 minutes one hour 50 minutes that's a good length and uh, it is midnight now so you know what we're gonna wrap up the show anthony thank you for coming on austin Thanks, thank man. you for coming on why don't you guys plug you i mean we should have done this at the start of course but go yeah. ahead and plug your stuff austin why don't you start things off um i mean i don't know i don't really have anything to plug yeah you're kind of a private person yeah. to be honest well, you got an instagram if you want to if you yeah, want to plug that I, I got an instagram like hold on a second what the fuck is it well, you, you look that up real quick. We'll have yeah, Anthony we, plug we his podcast. You, 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 yeah, you can just do a Slothcast on uh, iTunes and Spotify and iCloud. It's, it's got the pink lettering with the green background, Slothcast. And we'll When's be it back, coming back? Um, we'll be back uh, next Monday with uh, the author Wayne Curtis. We'll be talking about his book and a bottle of rum. It's a history of America told through the... Uh, told through the sort of perspective of the rum distillation nice i'm I'm ready for the show look i put you on my tv what is it monday night and then it's just like me and you and trevor and wolfman it's like we're all hanging out but i'm not speaking i'm just listening i'm here well (laughs) uh austin did you figure out your your ig handle yeah so austin j wright 37 there you go very simple. Uh, we've been posting some stills over on the Mass Day Lottery Instagram account uh, where you can find many members of the cast and crew, including all, literally all four of us. So uh, check that out. Mass State Lottery Film on Instagram. We want to get the numbers up for that. Mass State Lottery. Uh, might just be Mass State Lottery on Facebook. I'm not interested in making a Twitter account. Too much vitriol on Twitter. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want my movie anywhere near that. So that's been movies for this week. Hans, thank you for listening.